Noah's story of faith really should connect with us and encourage us that when God gives us a plan and we walk through that plan faithfully by faith, that the results are really up to Him. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Jay Tyler from Holt Assembly of God, and I wanna thank you for joining me for this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. The message you'll be listening to is part of a series called Running with the Giants. In this message, we're gonna focus on the faith example of Noah. What would Noah say to us if he could come out of the grandstands of heaven and take a lap with us and encourage us on our faith journey? I pray that you are challenged, blessed, and encouraged as you hear God's word shared in this message. Well, it's good to have you here with us this morning. Again, thank you for joining us online. And just appreciate our worship team behind me doing an incredible job leading us into the presence of the Lord. They're gonna join us here uh, at the end of the message and lead us in a time of worship. Um, but just with that said, I just wanna kind of transition into a time of God's word. There's, there's no uh, doubt, I don't think there's any uh, mystery that our socio kind of economic uh, political environment is very chaotic and it's very negative. If you go to social media or just listen to the news or, or watch the news, however it is you get information, the reports, uh, the, the newscasts are all very negative. So we, we want to do a series that is encouraging, that is uplifting. And hopefully uh, today, uh, this message, just this service will encourage you and just help you and, and your faith uh, trust the Lord. So a number of years ago, there's a, there a, a book written by a great Christian leader. Many of you will know John Maxwell or at least uh, recognize his name. And he wrote a book called Running with the Giants. And so what we're doing is we're kind of stealing uh, his title for this series. And his book was based on the faith heroes listed in Hebrews chapter 11. And so I can't think of a, a better title for this series. So again, thank you, John Maxwell, for allowing us to Steal your title. We're going to use it and uh, use it for God's glory. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews, uh, he mentioned 16 individuals, uh, Old Testament believers, who, whose faith is an example to us today. And when we read that chapter, there's a continuation on to chapter 12. And chapter 12 is, just again, a continuation of that story. And verses 1 and 2 are our theme verses for this series and uh, so if you have your Bible, you want to grab it, go there. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. But we're going to read verses 1 through 12, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. If we go and think about verse 1, it says, therefore. And therefore is a good indication that there is a continuation from the previous chapter. Secondly, the words the writer uses uh, describing this, this crowd of witnesses, he's referring to the crowd of witnesses that are in the previous chapters, those faith heroes that is mentioned. So we can tell from, from those verses uh, that there's a transition. It's a continuation of thought. So here's what we want to do. As we read those verses, we want to imagine that I think the, 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 the writer of Hebrews is trying to get us to paint a picture in our minds of this huge crowd of witnesses. 
And they're these faith heroes. They're, they're gathered in the stands of heaven. They're cheering us on from the grandstands. And they're encouraging us to run our race by faith. So in this series, we want to imagine those faith heroes cheering from the stands, but one by one, them coming onto, onto the field and running a lap with us, encouraging us as, as we walk with God, as we run our race, what would they say to us? What would their witness be? How would they encourage us? So today in this message, we're going to concentrate on what Noah might say. And if Noah could come out of the grandstands, take a lap with us, run a lap of faith with us, what would he say? How would he encourage us? So let's go to Hebrews uh, chapter 11, and let's read about how uh, Noah was commended for his faith. We're going to look at verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of the things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So I think there is a, a popular misconception when we read that story about Noah. And we think about the divine revelation that he has or, or how God spoke to Noah and about the coming flood. And I remember when I was a kid, I remember watching a movie. I think it was the greatest story ever told. But I recall the story of Noah and how the movie depicted God speaking to Noah and God sharing his plan with Noah. And I believe in that film, God used this big, dramatic, uh, uh, audible voice. And that depiction made an impression on me because in my mind I felt, well, that's how God spoke to him. But really that's not true. And, and unfortunately, the movies tend to sensationalize uh, that encounter. But I think that when this occurred, if we read into the story, and we really un understand the fullness of it. God spoke to Noah as he would speak to you and I. Now, I know we serve a God that can transcend this world and he can be where he is and he can speak audibly into this world. I don't want to give the impression that I'm, I'm limiting an unlimited God, an all-powerful God, because I'm not. I'm just saying that we, I think we really need to focus in on that Noah was a normal person, just like you and I, and that he is a person that served God by faith. And God reveals himself to Noah, reveals his plan to Noah, just as he would to you and I. I don't want anyone to get discouraged when they read these stories and think, well, these faith heroes, they're way above me, and, and there's no way that I could relate to their story. But Noah, again, he's just an average, ordinary guy, and his, his faith journey can speak to us and encourage us. God still speaks to us today. If he wants to use an audible voice, he can. But most of the time, God is going to speak to us spirit to spirit or from his word, maybe by a prophet or someone else's voice. But God wants us to follow him by faith. Now, there's one sure way we can know that God is speaking to us. 100% guarantee way that we know God is speaking to us, and that's through his word. If we open God's word and we just read it, we understand what God has already spoken. It's been recorded. It's verified. We know what, what he said. So look at what the effect of God's word is upon us. As we read God's word, what does it do for us? Well, Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So hearing the word of God builds our faith. Hearing the word of God encourages our faith. So if you ever get low on faith or you feel just down, depressed, man, get into God's Word. Read His Word. Study His Word. Open your Bible. Read it. If you have a Bible app or on your smartphone or your device, uh, go to it, open it. And today we have this wonderful technology. You just push play and you can hear the Word of God. Uh, you know, you might even need to just go to a podcast or listen to some messages online 
and it will help you hear God's word. God will speak to you through that word of encouragement. So if you need to build your faith, encourage your faith, open God's word, read what it says. It'll build your faith. So Noah's faith, if we think about Noah, Noah doesn't have this advantage that you and I have. Noah didn't have the written word of God. Noah's faith, again, predates the law before Moses. So we have, really, we have the advantage over Noah. Noah's faith was, was, was with God, but it was also knowledge that was passed down to him through generations. So we really have this wonderful advantage of having God's word. We have the written word of God. We can open, we can read and hear what God has already spoken to us. So again, Noah is an average, ordinary guy who shows incredible faith. And here's what we know about Noah. Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. He just, he walked with God. Noah had a, a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. Noah knew God, God knew him, and God showed Noah favor. So Noah was distinguishable from other people because of his relationship with God. Now here's the condition of mankind when Noah walked with God. And I just want you to pay attention to this verse. Noah is a man that is, again, he's, he's commended by his faith, but he lives in a godless society. Look at Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Then the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thought of the human heart was only evil at all time. Verse 6, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So if there was a million people on earth, and some scholars believe that's about the number at that time, Noah was one in a million. I mean, he's one of the few people that can say, he was, I'm one in a million, because Noah served God, loved God, and God showed him favor. But we can tell by the people living around Noah that they don't have the same position. They're not serving God. So here's another important fact we need to consider when we're talking about Noah and his faith. It's his calling. Noah, Noah is not a shipbuilder. Noah's a preacher. Look what uh, 2 Peter 2.5 says. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Noah preached the one true God to an ungodly people, an unbelieving world. And his ministry results in the salvation of eight people, including himself. Now, by today's standards, if we would take a person who is ministering for God, a pastor or, or whatever ministry capacity they're in, if we could take that person and we can say, what, does your, what did your ministry look like over the lifetime? And, and someone would say, well, my ministry resulted in the salvation of eight people, including myself, all of them family members. Uh, we would not look at that metric in a way that it would project success. In fact, we would probably say that ministry was fairly unsuccessful. But thank God Noah was involved in the salvation, not only himself, but seven other people, his family members. Because without those people, we wouldn't be here today. So I wonder just how many times pastors have compared themselves with the preacher down the road and, and have just given up because they think, well, I'm not as good as them or I don't have a, the success that they have, and they just give up. I wonder how many people have, have sought to do God's will and they've stepped out by faith to do his plans and his purposes 
and end up failing by their own measure and quitting. So it's very important. Noah's story of faith really should connect with us and encourage us that when God gives us a plan and we walk through that plan faithfully by faith, that the results are really up to him. So we, we have to remember, we can't measure success by our own eyes. We have to measure our success by what God says. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, and concentrate on two words that will help us understand why Noah is commended uh, for his faith. So let's look again. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. The first of those two words is moved. Noah heard the divine warning of God, believed God had spoken to him, believed that he had heard from God, was moved with godly fear, and he built the ark, constructed the ark. Noah went beyond believing. Uh, Noah's faith had actions. So faith must have action. That's the first thing we see from Noah's story. He, he just didn't believe God. He put uh, God's plan into action. Some people will confuse faith with belief, and they're, they're very different. Now, you, in order to have faith, you have to have belief. So it's a key component. But faith without action is just belief. So look how Noah reacts with God reveals that he's going to flood the earth, that he's going to destroy the earth. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. Noah should have been the, so, the spokesperson for Nike. Uh, he just did what God said. He just, he just did it. And God reveals his plans to Noah. And by faith, Noah puts those plans into action and builds an incredible ship. Remember, he's not a shipbuilder. He's a preacher. So here, here's a kind of a definition I always like to use when describing faith. And hopefully it'll help you and encourage you. So when we're describing faith, how, how can we put that into words? Faith, I believe, can be defined this way. Action based upon belief sustained by confidence. If Noah could come out of the grandstands of heaven and, walk, and run a lap with us, I believe he would encourage us with these words. He would say, listen, when God speaks to you, just act upon him. Just obey him. Trust him. And look what Noah tells, what God, excuse me, what God tells Noah to do. Look at this. Look at the plans God gives to Noah. And I think sometimes we read over this. We don't, we don't really understand how major uh, of a goal this is. What, what, what a job that God puts in the hands of Noah. And verse 14, Genesis chapter 6, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 foot high. Leave an 18 inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. God is very specific. God gives Noah these specs, and Noah, a preacher, not a shipbuilder, builds it as God has put into his heart, as God has revealed. Nowhere do we hear Noah saying this, God, I'm a preacher, I'm not a builder. Or, God, that is a big boat. How on earth am I going to build that ship? I'm a preacher. Uh, God gave Noah these specific dimensions, and Noah just did it. Noah accomplished what God put into his heart. This is one of the reasons why when we read his story, we understand that he is a faith giant. Nowhere did we hear Noah say this. 
Uh, Noah uh, didn't struggle with unbelief. We don't read about that. But I believe that as a human being, he, I'm sure that he, he struggled with some of these, these plans. He struggled with what God was going to do. But Noah believed God. Noah acted upon what God said. And again, without action, there is no faith. If Noah waited around for a boat to be built for him, he would have drowned. So let's look at one of the final components of Noah's faith and really just concentrate on this. Again, let's go back to verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. I think when we look at that, we can see that, that Noah's faith not only had action, but Noah's faith had confidence. And if Noah could come out of the grandstands and speak to us, he'd say, just be confident. Be confident, not just in yourself, but be confident in God. If God's revealed these plans to you, and he's given you these purposes, then trust him. Be confident. Do what God says, but be confident in what you're doing. So Noah had a confidence with God. Now, there's some debate that takes place with how long did it take for Noah to construct the ark? Just give you kind of an idea of what what we believe or how long it took for, for Noah to build this ark and why we can see that his faith was a confident faith. Some believe that it took Noah 100 years to build, the bo- build this boat because of the reference to Noah's age. Let's look at Genesis chapter 5, verse 32. And Noah was 500 years old. Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then let's look at another reference when it, when it talks about how old Noah was when he entered into the, the ark. Uh, Genesis chapter 7, verse 6. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came upon the earth. Some theorize it took 100 years to build the ark. Others believe it took 120 years because of the reference in Genesis 6.3. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. So I don't know how long it took Noah to build the ark. Again, I just know that he's a preacher and he's cutting down wood, and he's, he's building a really big boat. And I'm sure that it took him decades. It took him a long period of time to build this massive ship. And so as the years pass on, Noah's building, he's constructing uh, this, this ark. So he has to have a confident faith as he's constructing this, this massive ship. So when we read about this story, can you imagine what Noah endured as he's building the ship on dry land, day after day, year after year, constructing the ship. Noah already was alone. Remember, he's one in a million. I mean, he is the man God has chosen. God's going to destroy the earth, and we don't understand the rest of the story. He's only going to save Noah's family. So Noah is virtually alone in this mission. And imagine this, he's building this ship. He's already, he's already facing scorn and ridicule. And, and he's building this boat, and I can imagine the conversations that are taking place. I can imagine the words that are being used against Noah, and how he felt, and, and how he felt maybe alone and isolated. Noah persevered. The reason why Noah persevered beyond the critics is because he had confidence in God. We've got to have a confident faith. Uh, whenever, whenever we step out onto God's plan, we trust him. It's always, going to dream, it's always going to draw criticism and naysayers. And just remember this, you're not alone. Look what the Word of God says. Anytime you're going to live a godly life, you're going to make that commitment. You're going to have that confidence to trust God. Look at 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus 
will suffer persecution. You know, whenever we decide to put God first in our lives and serve Jesus, you'll experience tribulation. You'll experience persecution. So the disdain that Noah experienced and the disdain we may experience is, is meant by the world to destroy us. But if we have the right perspective and we can be confident in God, it can grow our faith and it can encourage our faith. It can strengthen us. Again, what Satan will, will try to do for evil, God can turn that around and bring it for the good. If, we, if we're thinking about other faith heroes who have confidence in God, let's jump to another faith hero. Let's look at Abraham. Look how, how Abraham showed God that his faith was genuine. When Abraham went so far to raise the knife to sacrifice his son, God knew at that point that he had confidence in him. And God has to stop Abraham because of his commitment. He had this confident commitment. I'm going to do what God said he, to do, and I'm just going to trust him. He had a confidence in God. Likewise, Noah, he has the same confidence as he's building the ark. Despite criticism, rejection, disdain, Noah presses on. He's able to press on because he has confidence in his God. If Noah could come out of the grandstands and take a lap with us, he would echo the words of the Apostle Paul, written in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet not to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining toward to what is ahead. Noah would encourage us with similar words. Don't give up. Don't give in. Press on. Press on. Keep your confidence in God. If God's called you to such a, a time and a plan, God will fulfill what he has he's spoken to you, what he's revealed. So put yourself in, in Noah's sandals. God gives Noah a story that few could believe. Noah believes this story. There's going to be a worldwide flood. It's going to just destroy all life. Noah could have responded to, the, to God's plans this way. God, are you kidding me? Build a ship on dry ground? God, are, are you crazy? People already dislike me. Now they're going to think I'm crazy. God, a ship of that size will take decades to build. God, are you kidding me? Animals are going to show up two by two and they're going to enter into the ark? I mean, imagine this, what could take place. Noah's an average, ordinary guy, but he has faith in God. He has a confident faith. He has a faith that is, is, that is active. He has a faith that is obedient. He has a faith that believes and trusts God. So he would, he would have all this confidence in an unlimited God, and that's encouragement for us today. We're no different. God's given each of us a measure of faith. When God puts faith in us, He's not asking us to accomplish something we can't, we can't do. So when we put our trust in God, when we act by faith, God empowers that, God equips that, and God can accomplish his purposes through our faith. God will never ask you to do something you can't do. But with him, all things are possible. Noah's faith believed God. Noah's faith acted obediently upon God's word. Noah's faith was confident. Let's think about this. Noah goes back into the grandstands. How are we going to apply what we've learned about Noah? How are, we going to, how are we going to put that into action in our own life? I just want to give you three quick things and I'm going to close. 
How are we going to apply his wisdom and his testimony to our situation? What is God asking you to believe? It's the first question I think you have to answer today. What is God asking you to believe? What has God promised to you? What promise has God made in his word and he's asking you to stand upon? Maybe it's the promise of healing. Maybe it's the promise of the salvation of someone you love. Maybe, maybe a child who, who's run away from God and you're praying and you're believing for them. What is God asking you to believe? Maybe it's a spiritual breakthrough. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's freedom. Maybe it's deliverance. What promise has God revealed to you that he's asked you just to believe and stand upon? This is the first question I think you need to apply to your life as you think of Noah's faith and his experience and his example to us. I don't know what God's revealed to you, but whatever it is, trust him, believe in him. Number two, what is God asking you to do? All right, he's asking you to believe something, but he's not asking you just to believe. He's going to act, ask you to act by faith. So what is God asking you to do? You know, think about David. David has this incredible faith as a teenager. David is at the battle lines with his brothers. No one's taken on Goliath. Everyone's afraid. But, but David steps past all the, the warriors who are hiding behind the battle lines. And he steps out. He doesn't wait for God to send someone else. He becomes that someone else. He acts by faith. He's not waiting behind with everyone else, waiting for God to bring a deliverer. He becomes that deliverer. So God is asking us to step out, to act by faith. Think about the woman in the New Testament with the issue of blood. She had this belief that if I just touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I'll be healed. Well, she doesn't wait for Jesus to come up and throw his robe on her. He, she presses through the crowd and she touches the hem of his garment and she's healed. My point is this. God is always going to ask us to do something. He's not going to ask us to do the impossible, but he gives us this faith to act. So maybe God is asking you to be more faithful. Maybe God is asking you to be more committed. Maybe God is asking you to serve. Maybe God is asking you to give. I don't know what he's asking you to do. Maybe he's asking you to witness to that person that you know that you should be witnessing to all along. You should tell your story, tell your testimony to them. Maybe God's asking you to step out and share with them. I, I would offer this advice. Before you act, always, always measure that with the counsel from God's word. Because sometimes, you know, we're not all like Noah. God's not asking us all to build ships. So I think it's wise for us to counsel from God's word. God, what are you asking me to do? And that way you don't make sure it's some pizza that you ate from the night before. But look at God's word. Does it match up with what God's saying? And number two, do this. Find godly uh, counsel. Find someone who loves the Lord, who's dedicated, a, a leader, and just share with them what God is asking you to do. And ask for their wisdom. Number three. What is God asking you to endure with confidence? You have to have confidence in God to endure any, any situation, whether it's a, a trial or a situation. You've got to have confidence in God. So how long are you willing to wait for God to deliver on his promise? Noah endured decades of ridicule, but his confidence was in God. If you'll just hang in there, you'll trust him. Sooner or later, God is going to deliver through on his promises. And when he does... There's this growth, there's this blessing, there's all these things that we've desired that will, will take place. How long are you willing to wait for God to come through? Think about Joseph and Mary. You know, Mary is, is, a, is a young woman, she's a virgin, she's not married, 
God asked her to carry the Christ child. Now, can you imagine what people would say to her? Whose baby is that? You're not married. Can you imagine what she had to go through? But her confidence was in God. So despite the ridicule she faced, she pressed on. Think about Joseph. Joseph, he could have tucked tail and ran. But what does he do? God reveals his plans in a dream. Joseph, take care of this child. You be a father to this child. You provide, you protect, you defend. And, and Joseph has this confidence in God, and he, he presses on by faith. They're wonderful examples that I think, I think sometimes we overlook. All of these people were everyday, average people who confidently stood by faith through situations, trusting God, knowing that God was going to come through, knowing that God was going to deliver. And that's what God is asking you and I to do, is have confidence in Him. What is God asking you to keep on believing? And that's the question I want you to really tackle today. God's asked you to believe. God's asked you to act. But where is your confidence? Where is your confidence? Are you trusting God in your situation? If Noah could speak to us from his own experience, he would encourage us to believe God, to act by faith, and to continue confidently trusting God. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. I hope this message was a blessing to you. If you are looking for a church home, I want to encourage you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Or join us Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. for our family night. We have ministry opportunities for all ages, children, youth, and adults. Holt Assembly of God is located at 543rd Avenue in Holt, Florida. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.holtag.org or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Our phone number is 850-537-8351. Until our next broadcast of Life in the Spirit, may God bless you as you serve the Lord Jesus with a grateful heart.